Ready? Hi, this is Paul Weller, and you're listening to Chris T's Aerial View. Live! End Times. Talk Radio. Friday! 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 760-422-5528. The pound. NYC.com. You have a podcast? Cool. Oh, yeah, I invented them. That bit's naff, man. That's it. This is an important message from the CDC. You have been recognized as someone who has been in direct contact with a person or persons who have COVID-19 coronavirus. You are required to remain where you are and self-quarantine for 14 days and possibly more due to your small wiener. Tiny wieners have will in more quarantine days. Wiener size like yours could triple your time. Please be advised that you have a tiny wiener. Let him have it, Chris. 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 There's a button and a switch for everything. You're listening to Aerial View worldwide on the internet. No tricks about this. What's going to happen? So, how are you doing, all right? Come on, you know better than that. How are you doing, all right? This is a $100 radio. What kind of radio show is this? I heard his voice on sure tape and it really put the rock in my heart. And the buffalo's state of New Jersey and I don't care who you are. Chris, let's talk. I'm sick of talking. I know how to talk to people. I've got this man go on the air, deliver a coded message. You're out of your mind. I'm not out of my mind. Oh, come on. Now, we're going to listen to what he said on the air. Because all we're dealing with here, after all, is talk show time against a man's life. I don't see that as any argument. I can see you're really upset about this. It's okay. Hello. It's something to live for. Do you speak English, sir? Jesus told me so. Paula Ustedinglais. Chris, stand up and wiggle your hips for us. I know that guy. But we're young and bored. He's a nihilist. And I'll smash your face for you, y'all blockos. But you stop, Dad. Stop it. Shut up. Conversation is a two-way street. I'm all I don't think you know what you're trying to do or how to go about it. You're stupid. I heard it over the radio. Real stupid. I'm not just talking about one person. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. Do you understand? Finally! Then you will not take me off the air for now or for any other speechless time. I'll take Wherever I please. I'm a famous radio personality now. Most people today couldn't care less about the radio personalities. I couldn't agree with you more. He's always talking about some radio star that I never heard of. You don't like my stories? You don't have to listen to my program. Listen to the radio. Find out what's going on. Listen to the talk shows and you will find out what's going on. Oh, man. Talk radio? Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay, okay. The car just, just committed suicide. Shut up, man. I have an idea now. First name, Mr. I just hope this man realizes that being able to communicate with people all over the world carries a serious responsibility. Show the man your power, baby. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Showtime! Don't you smile and blow me a kiss for this one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, the talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. America is the strongest and most prosperous nation on earth. America is not going to be destroyed. I wish for your sake it were true, for your beliefs. Because America is a very great and noble idea. You're too right it is. 
It's a wonderful idea. But Rome was destroyed. Greece was destroyed. Persia was destroyed. Spain was destroyed. All great empires are destroyed. Why not yours? We are going to survive and triumph for a long, long time. <laughs> you put so much stuck in winning. I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'll, I'm just going to be honest. With my superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out, and I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff, but I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, I'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up. You know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. See, my superpower is being honest. I'll eat your ass. Wait, I thought that was my superpower. Being honest. <laughs> Being honest indeed. I, I try to be honest. It's, it's a struggle sometimes. It's me, Chris T, here on the houndnyc.com where you could hear hound howls every Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Followed by Crashing the Party. Doo-op chop shop of the air with Mark and Miriam at 5 p.m. on Sundays. Sunday, shaping up to be quite the day. I've been referring to Aerial View, which I've been doing in one form or another since 1989. It's hard to believe, I know. Sometimes I find it hard to believe. That this show has been around in one form or another for 31 fucking years. And now it's on the internet where I can say fucking years. And I don't have to worry about the FCC. Getting on my ass. And in all that time, I've never felt like America was closer to the brink of oblivion than now. America is lost. Thoroughly and utterly lost. Whether you think I mean the idea of America, the concept of America, the promise of America, the dream of America, whatever you think I mean. I mean all of those things and more. It's lost. And I don't know how it ever returns, frankly. I don't know how we come back from this. When I was a kid, America meant something. And yes, I will willingly admit that America has never been perfect. It's never been the realization of the conception of a great democracy. It's fallen down on the job so many times in so many ways for so many different kinds of people. Whether you want to call those marginalized people, whatever you want to call them. But America's been really great to... Folks who were born like me, Sing, uh, born straight, born white, born male. It's been great for folks like that, but otherwise, not so great. And as we head into the street fighting man summer of 2020, as unrest develops across the nation, Spurred by the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, I, I, I find it hard to do the show that I wanted to do. The stupid fucking show that I wanted to do. Pandemic projects. You know, I've been trying to occupy myself. I've been trying to stay away from screens with their constant pop-up notifications of horrible shit going on. 
mostly because of the pandemic. But now there's rioting in the streets happening. And I, and, 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 and it's impossible to avoid that, avoid that. Just just before I went to air. I know it's not the air. It's the internet. But just before I went on the internet, a new video emerged to show three police officers kneeling on George Floyd. The uh, police officer who we saw in the previous video when we thought it was one has been charged with third-degree murder. Derek Chauvin, C-H-U-V-I-N. These four police officers were all fired, by the way. Minneapolis erupting every night in riots. Uh, The police precinct set on fire. And um, there is... There are protests all across the United States, from New York to Los Angeles and everywhere in between. And... There has been indiscriminate... Murder going on of black Americans for far too long. I mean, indiscriminate murder of black Americans is what spurred the civil rights movement. Emmett Till's death in 1955. And now, in the in the last few days, with Armand Aubrey and uh, that woman in Louisville, where uh, the police went into her apartment unannounced and murdered her, And now George Floyd. And I sit around and I think about my goddamn problems. My stupid problems. Sometimes I feel sorry for myself. I'm like, self, man, you have it bad. Then I feel like a dick. Because someone like Breonna Taylor is just at home trying to be at home in Louisville, a city I visited many, many times. Between 2007 and 2018, 11 goddamn years, I was in Louisville every year in March for the big trucking show. And I know Louisville pretty well. I know the people of Louisville. I know the buildings in Louisville. I've eaten in Louisville. I've stayed in Louisville. I've been all over Louisville. Where Muhammad Ali came from. But the mayor of Louisville, Greg Fisher, uh, now talking about the rioting that's going on, the protests that are going on, people getting shot in Louisville. And Breonna Taylor was a 26 year old emergency medical technician. She was killed when the police raided her apartment. There is some argument about whether it was a no knock raid. Or whether they announced themselves. Her uh, boyfriend is saying no. I didn't hear anybody announce themselves. He was initially charged with attempted murder of a police officer. They withdrew that charge because he fired back. There's a 911 call where they dialed 911 and said somebody, uh, some unknown people are entering our apartment. And so I tend to think that they did not announce themselves. They just knocked down the door and they barged in. And then they murdered her for the crime of uh, being in her apartment and being black. And now George Floyd, we find out in the official charges uh, about the third degree murder that he uh, was kneed on for eight minutes and 23 seconds. His His neck had a knee placed on it, probably several knees placed upon it. And two minutes and 23 seconds after, he was already expired, already dead. And so my problems and my fucking pandemic projects, they just seem stupid. White America is still killing black people for no reason, just because. Let's uh, get Keith Hartel on the old phone machine. Join us here. I hate that fucking Skype thing, man. I want to change that shit. Screw you and your stupid Skype sounds. 
I felt like I was in a European disco for a few minutes with that Skype sound. It's horrible. Chris. Keith Hartel, how are you, man? I I'm I'm hanging in there, Chris. How are you doing? Are you hanging in like Gunga Din or Errol Flynn? Or Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Um, when 9-11 happened, I had woke up at 1.30 in the afternoon, and uh, a friend had called me. I saw on the caller ID, he would normally be at work. He called me from home. I was like, something must be wrong. And it was my friend Jeff, and he says, and, and he just goes, they did it, man. The bastards, they did it. They knocked it down. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, do you live under a rock? Turn on your TV. I turned on the TV. Buildings were falling down. You know, so I just started smoking pot and cleaning the house and turned on the Black Sabbath. And um, last night, I was like, I don't know if I should do the edibles. It's too dark. I was like, ah, no, nah, I got to do it. And it, it was that same thing again, man. It's like this, like this. Um, it's really. Uh, this is it, man. This is the end. This is the end. This is the uh, end. My friend, yeah. the end. I thought you were going into Lizard King mode. We'll never see. How does that go? I don't even know the lyrics anymore. You know, in 1979, on the same day I saw The Clash at the Palladium, the cover of London Calling, I was at that fucking show where the undertones open and the undertones blew the top of my head off. I had never heard of or seen the undertones, and Fear Girl Sharky stepped up to the mic, and he whistled into it, and the whistle was so loud that I was just like, what is this? And then they launched into into Teenage Kicks or some damn thing, and Sam and Dave, but on that same day, and it was a rainy day, I remember it rained all day, my friends Jeff Mashey and uh, Adam March, we went to see Apocalypse Now at the Ziegfeld Theater, and Apocalypse Now opens up, you know, with that whole sequence set to the end by the doors. And I and I, oh, I, yeah. I know I had heard that song, but I probably hadn't seen it quite that way. And I just keep thinking of that scene. I keep thinking of, of Captain Willard, you know, Martin Sheen, uh, still in Saigon. I'm still in Saigon. You know, that that whole thing and the end. And it, it feels like that right now. <laughs> oh, Keith it so does. It so much does. It, I mean, it couldn't feel more like that. But here, here's the what I think is really, I mean, I, I could get like a little bit of like this, like, um, you know, collective conscious, like is headed in a direction kind of shit. But it, it's like as soon as the um, when the pandemic happened, you start hearing people talking about two things. It's kind of like a martial law and rioting. And they're just saying, like, somewhere down the line, things are going to get hairy. Um People, you know, they're going to start getting edgy. They'll want to come out of their house or they'll be out of money or they'll want to do crime or whatever. And it'll be so fucked up. They'll have to have the martial law to put people in your house. And it's so it didn't happen that the pandemic made the riots. But it's like what's happening now was it kind of expected at the beginning of the pandemic. It just wasn't expected what the trigger was. So, do you think that this protesting and this uh, rioting will continue throughout the summer? I mean, is are we going to have a summer of uh, cities, American cities, on fire? What do you think? Uh, I'll bet you. I'll bet you. You know, it, it's it's really hard to say, but it, it feels that way just because there's it's there's there's too many um, too many moving parts like. Um, the pandemic was was like a constant crisis, and then yesterday, like like talk, you're talking about the, the protests going on across the country. It's like as of four days ago, um, you couldn't have a political campaigns because they couldn't have rallies, you know. And now it's like people are taking the streets to protest angrily instead of go to political rallies for the the election, in which you have the guy that sets the worst possible tone for the uh, you know uh, what's going on now. And versus the guy who helped fucking create the conditions of what's happening now, whose whose vice president was maybe going to be this woman that didn't prosecute the officer who killed the George Floyd. You're speaking it's, of Amy Klobuchar, who, when she was attorney general, is that what she was in Minnesota? She she didn't that's right. she didn't go after this Derek Chauvin guy who apparently has fourteen complaints just. Uh, you know, uh, from civilians about the way that he acted when they interacted with him. And 
Some other breaking news. Uh, a CN- This is not exactly breaking. I know you know this already, Keith Artell. Keith Artell okay. is with me on Aerial View, by the way. A CNN crew who were covering the protests were arrested on live television. Haven't seen that before. I, I don't remember that happening. Um, Donald Trump, president of the United States, quoted a... Uh, a racist from 1967 when he said the looting start, start uh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And uh, he was quoting this um, this guy from Miami, the police chief Walter Headley, who when uh, when when um, unrest went through these neighborhoods in Miami, he was he was a what they describe as a tough talking U.S. Army cavalry officer who uh, parted his hair straight down the middle. He said, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And now our president has tweeted that. And, and um, drawing fire, no pun intended, from Twitter, who uh, did something to his goddamn tweet. Uh, do you know what they did? What did they do? They removed it. They said it. And, and this and this is, I hate to have to be the devil's advocate. This is actually kind of a half a mistake that Twitter's doing because they're under all this pressure about the fucked up president. But they just said it violated their laws. But it's kind of like if the language of that tweet violates like some kind of threat law, it's like, man, you really can erase a lot of shit from Twitter. Fuck. Are you kidding me? But, yeah, they, they took it down because they said it violated their policy. Well, they and said it just, glorified violence. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. Because, yeah. like, are you going to are we going to scan for that on Twitter now? I mean, I realize it's the president. and He shouldn't do that. But that's this is getting to be an old move. You know, we've been saying this since he was running for but there's a lot going on today. It's a Friday, and it seems that that's when everything goes on now. And and maybe I should be grateful because Aerial View is on Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And, uh, of course, on Tuesday it replays at 6 p.m. on thehoundnyc.com. And in between he becomes a podcast. Maybe I should be grateful because not only is all this news breaking, but now uh, there is news about this crackdown that Trump is announcing on China. And he's going after China. Uh, no, again, no pun intended. Hammer and tongs. He is. He's going to make China the boogeyman for the 2020 election, and he's going to try to link Joe Biden to China. So now, uh, what do you think? By the November thermonuclear war with the Chinese, what are you thinking, Keith? Hertel? Well, I, I, I think, I think China. Almost definitely Cold War. I don't. I don't think hot war. One of one of the things that I like to believe about China that some people say is just that we're too interdependent with them to actually go to war. Um, but what I what I think is interesting about Trump trying to blame China and 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 um, connect Joe Biden, where you know there's some always there's always some shady shit. But did you see that Biden's first like internet campaign ad against Trump accused Trump of being weak on China? So well, it's which is of, it? They can't both be weak on China. Which is it? Wait a well, minute. Well, that's exactly. But that's that's why the that's the problem because it's it's like Biden is he's he's, he's going to be in a funny spot because there's this weird the anti-China thing is a bit it's kind of bipartisan among you know the horrible, awful, scum of the earth centrists. So. It's it's just um, and and you know what else is bipartisan by the way I mean I'm I'm going back to the earlier topic is that you know right after George Floyd died um, or was murdered I should say there was tweets that came out from uh, like Elizabeth Warren and uh, freaking Kamala Harris and you know Joe Biden and uh, Mayor Pete whoever like but I, I just here's the thing is that every single tweet that talked about George Floyd. No tweet about it used the word police. A couple of them said officers. Um, Elizabeth Warren's was so vague, it was just like loss of life and stuff. And then you had um, Joe Kennedy III was tweeting, if lives matter. Like, in other words, he's trying to invoke Black Lives Matter without saying Black Lives Matter. And it's like there's this mealy mouth thing of the Democrats where, well, part of this is funny because I was watching the Epstein uh thing on netflix oh, we, and I we was started watching, watching that last night sweet tea and i started watching that too yeah it's good yeah it's a, no it's a piece of shit because uh it's a it's um it's uh it's a limited hangout mm. but uh, but i still you know it's, it's interesting to watch in a lot of ways but um when i was seeing the part 
about um, yeah, I keep on turning it off, but we got to the part where they were talking about Me Too, which is when they started to relitigate his 28, 2008 deal. And then I was seeing how they're they're going after like um, you know Harvey Weinstein, and just remembering then there became this thing about just talking about men in in kind of like just a broad way, like like men need to not be this way. Historically, men have been this way. Men have been this way for these reasons. Men are grown up to think these thoughts. Men need to step back and. You know, it's like not a thing as a man you necessarily love hearing the generalization, but you kind of are like, all right, I, I get it. I get why it's like why they're talking like that. But here's the thing. They will not. And historically, no one will make a blanket statement about the fucking police. This has been going on forever. They're very careful to never, ever, ever say there's a problem with police. What's this shit where they cover up for each other? And, and here's another thing. This is just breaking. They have the medical examiner report on George Floyd. You know what they're saying? What are they saying? They're saying he had some kind of medical conditions and um, maybe intoxicated. That they're saying the medical examiner has said he didn't die from asphyxiation. They're setting up the scenario where they can, one way or another, get away with this shit. Like, and after the fucking cop building the precinct was on fire last night you know and they're like okay they got him and people are like okay and well, then um, like I, less we, than 24 hours they're already um vindicating the dude or, well i don't think they're doing that i mean but they're not doing what the family wants the family wanted first degree murder and it's third degree murder manslaughter so i mean this cop is going to face charges there's no doubt about that and i feel this cop is going to go to jail and then that cop will get shivved in jail and be murdered in jail. And it'll be a case of turnabout is fair play is what's going to happen, I predict. Um, but, yeah, y- you're right. They uh, Very very few politicians are, are going to step forward and do a blanket condemnation of the police culture. Because th- that's the problem, really, is the police culture and uh, even Andrew, I mean, look, Andrew Cuomo the other day stepped forward and said, how many times do we have to revisit the same thing? I mean, how many times do we have to see this? We haven't really learned. We, have, we haven't learned from even what happened with Eric Gardner for trying to sell Lucy's on Staten Island. We, no, we, well, this we, is that thing like on, this is the darker, uglier, if you would have imagined possible, this is. This is way more shocking. I mean, just the video footage of it and the um, malevolence of the officer. Like, it's just it's so next level from that. Do you it, buy these photos that have emerged of uh, this guy with a Make America Great Again cap on? Do you think that they... No, that was, that was false. That's that actually false. been okay. uh, proven false. That's Here's a question I have for you is, have you heard about the thing? Because I remember when, when this was first, like, I guess two nights ago, the moment when the auto zone went on fire... They actually have video footage of the guy that started the fire, and he was dressed like a fucking... He had cop boots, all in black, hood, gas mask, carrying an umbrella, which means like he didn't want to be seen or filmed in any way, and very businesslike, was just walking the auto zone and just breaking the windows. And then, I mean, this hasn't been the uh, St. Paul Police Department denies it, but this dude's wife was... This is on Twitter. Um, he's out. That was a, a cop started allegedly or but started the first fire of the riot so it's like you just look at how this plays out is just like they they kill the black guy and then they start protesting turning to rioting and then a fucking cop from st paul's just like let's get this party fucking started and and then the auto zone's on fire and then more things like it's it the the um and that's that's what i'm talking about with that that group mind thing and there's that like um you know, the, the, well, let me ask you this. How do you have you been following the people's um, debates about how you're supposed to feel about the riots? I have a little bit. I mean, why? What? 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 How am I supposed to feel? Tell me how am I supposed Maybe I should tell you first how I feel about it. Yeah. And then you could yeah, tell so- me how I'm supposed to feel, Keith Artell, here yeah, on, on okay. Aerial View. I mean, how I feel about it is it's a long time coming. It's one of those things that you knew was going to happen. I feel like from now until Election Day, it's going to be one shitstorm after another, that this guy is not going to give up his grip on power that, you know, easily, 
it, this is going to end badly. I always thought it was going to end badly. And I feel that whenever these kinds of protests emerge and they turn into riots, there, generally speaking, is a damn good reason for them. Now, you tell me, how am I supposed to feel? No, well, that's that's correct. I mean, that's what you're that's that's perfectly correct. But I mean, what I'm the, the arguments are like you have. Let's put it this way. If, if I'm kind of like a guy that's like hated cops my whole life and um, I'm a disenfranchised like leftist voter and I see that like fucking target is on fire and then they're burning down the cop precinct. I can kind of join in with it like, Haha. you know, but with while being measured that, no, this is very bad and very dark. But basically, you see this argument, the way that people argue about it, they argue as if the rioters decided like, hey, you know what we should do now? Let's start the riot. And and that's not the way it happens. Like, like people talk about it, like because the people that criticize it, including a lot. This is I mean, this is mainly his argument. A lot of, you know, liberal types. Just like, this is not going to help. And it's like, it's not designed to fucking help. Like, this is, a, this, is a, this is a visceral reaction. Like, it's not a strategy. It's not a plan. It's not, a, it's not even, it's not a decision. I, I think it's anger, pent-up anger. Uh, rage, yeah, yeah, rage. Yeah, rage, Absolutely. Yeah. And so, like, like, kind of, like, judging, like, whether the riots are, should or should not be going on, it's, to me, that's just like, like, that's like judging a fucking, you know, tsunami or some shit. Like, it's it's the weather like it's not it's this is not a conscious thing this is not a plan it's not an organized you know gesture it's you not know, it doesn't have an end it doesn't you have know a the thing that you just made me think of keith hortel is that like the auto zone was probably a day away from reopening <laughs> i'm about to reopen my auto zone <laughs> can't wait to get all that fan belt business no yeah you know, I'll tell you, there was another thing I saw that I thought was a perfect, well, because you, you know how with the coronavirus, like, um, the capitalism has, is, is getting like a kind of, um, it's getting an enema, it's uh, getting an enema, it's getting enema, but I'm, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is it's, it's, it, there's, there's, there's like, uh, uh, that people, it's being reviewed, like, are, are, is capitalism really best? Like, do people that think we should be more socialist, maybe that's a point, we might be in an emergency that's forcing us out of capitalism. And there was this image that from the riots yesterday, and it was a it was a line of people, a, a human chain, standing with their human bodies in front of a fucking target, tar- I mean a target store, you know, like it, it's like this is this is it's 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 a it's a grotesque exploitative corporation that doesn't give a fuck about you or anyone, and we're we're so hypnotized as a culture. That people don't understand, like, like, dude, you don't want to, you don't want to put yourself in harm's way to stop the rioters from torching a fucking Target, like. No, I mean it's got a built-in name. It's called Target. I mean, uh, come yeah, on, yeah, it's asking for uh, it. Really, let me, let me give out but the phone the, over the, here. The, by the, the way, of people ready to die. That's people dying for capitalism, as far as like willingness, like they have been propagandized. Um, let me your program. Let me give out the phone number here at 760-422-5528. 760-I call AV. A phone in talk show 760-422-5528 if you want to join me and Keith Hartel here on Aerial View for the next half hour. I find all of this uh this current time that we're living through to be fucking exhausting. How are you feeling? Are you exhausted? Are you energetic? Are you energized are you doing that uh regimen you mentioned earlier with the weed and what else was it uh you know pills pills uh but i you know walks i'm you know trying to do some you know exercise um it basically um i oddly my um my my guitar teaching for guitar bar through the zoom lessons I've actually become sort of significantly more busy since the thing started. So I sort of have like four days a week. It's a structure that's not completely unlike um, when I was just walking 15 minutes to work to teach at the store. Um, And so there's a way where it's it's kind of exhausting because you kind of feel like you're never – you don't, you know, you, you don't kind of shift 
your vibe. Like, you know, you're not like I'm going out to work and now I'm working, now I'm coming home and then you relax and you exhale. It's just kind of like one, like it's easier to work from home, but it's more exhausting to do the individual lessons on the thing. And at, and you don't feel that same sense of relief when the day's over. Um, I didn't really have a good week this week though anyway. Um, just because I, you know, my uh, insomnia got the better of me. And the heat. Um, so yeah, this week I had a shitty week as far as being in a good uh, headspace. Before, before all this shit started, by the way. Samey here, same. Yes. Mm. Same here. Insomnia yeah. this week. Why? Well, again, um, I should really be more. Just put the air conditioner in as soon as it gets hot. Don't really put it off. That's what I've learned. I didn't put the air conditioner in until yesterday, and uh, things immediately improved 150%. New Jersey has this uh, weather system where it goes from, like, reasonable and comfortable to ungodly in the space of a few days, and that yeah. includes the heat and the humidity. So, yeah, I, I was doing the same thing the other day. I was getting the uh, window air conditioners up and running. Keith Hartel is our guest here on Aerial View. The number is 760-422-5528. And uh, so what do you think of Donald Trump and what we can expect for the next few months until Election Day? Do you think there'll be more um, more Twitter tantrums, more... Uh, I don't. I don't know. I you know. You feel like anything could happen, don't you? Feel like literally anything could happen between now and election day. Oh yeah. I mean, we're in our. I mean, I mean, just if 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 the riots for the most recent um, police murder didn't happen, we were still in uncharted waters. We don't even know what the election's going to be. But like, it's funny because when you start saying like, I wonder if Donald Trump's going to keep on like you know tweet storming. It's like. Of course, that's how he won the election in 2016. Like that, he's gonna. Donald Trump is the most predictable fucking actor of everything. In right 2016, now. he was an outsider, though he was a candidate. Now he's the president. It's a little bit different. I mean, don't you don't you think that even now that some quote unquote uh, you know Republican aligned outlets, let's say the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Examiner, few other people. Uh, saying essentially, you know, this this fight that you're picking with Joe Scarborough, you, where you're essentially accusing him of murder, you know, an affair and murder, maybe not the best idea. I mean, do you think that that somehow a dam has broken? And I don't mean the no. actual dam that no. broke. No. Uh, no, no. And I'll tell no. you why. I'll tell no. you why. The reason why is because Trump, the first thing he when he's when the debates started because trump was getting wild in 2015 before the republican debates and i said to tammy before the first republican debate i was like this is going to be great because now he's going to be on this stage and they're going to ask him real questions and he's not going to be able to just do a bunch of bullshit and he's going to look stupid and then that rosie they, you know megan mckelly went for him he came out with the rosie o'donnell line got a laugh dominated the debate and then the next day was when that john mccain Sorry, I, I like I like people that weren't captured, and that's when I thought, like, okay, this is it. He said to something too fucked up, and he's gonna have to do the walk of shame. And no, and he, he did it over and over, and he's done it. He did it through the whole campaign. He kept on do, saying some shit that's like, this is the one. It never was. He's been doing it through the whole presidency, and so this Joe Scarborough thing, it is so on brand. Also, I happen to be a fan of this particular one for the reason that. Joe Scarborough was the only person, as far as I know, on MSNBC and CNN who was a full-on Trump enabler until it became important not to be. And so that's a little bit of, like, reap what you sow. Like, you fucking helped unleash this animal, and, and I think he's a dick. All right. But, so you're, um, um, I, and he's a terrible musician. I, I had to interview him yeah. when he put out a CD a few years ago, a record. Uh, he came yeah. through SiriusXM, and I, I have this weird half memory I'm, I'm i'm almost positive you know that i had to not only listen to joe scarborough's music but then i had to interview him about his music and pretend to <laughs> not hate it you know and 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 of the many things the many ways that i debased myself over 12 years of working 
there. Uh, that was just one of many. Uh, just to, to sit and talk with Joe Scarborough and act like his music was uh, not even, I was going to say cool. I mean, not even cool, but merely Real. acceptable you know like to, yes. to, that was that was not easy but you mentioned your wife uh, tammy and let me just mention that on sunday uh tammy face starlight is stella hey, stella stella jack fields and the quarantine theater company are going to present a street card named desire a stage reading with Penny Arcade is Blanche Dubois, Steve Earle, who I used to also yep. work with, right? As yep. Stanley, Tammy Faye, uh, the Mrs. as Stella, Austin Pendleton, one of my longtime favorite sort of cult actors, is Mitch, and Ryan Haddad as the young man. Uh, that is um, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, Sunday, a stage reading to uh, find out more. Well, just find tammy Faye on facebook how does that how does that work for you that work That's okay perfect right on the money man right on the uh money. I, yeah i i have to say um i i actually when i got to new orleans in 1987 um for the first time ever for mardi gras i made a point of finding the streetcar named desire and and taking a picture in front of it and um somewhere i have that picture and boy you know, back then, you remember, you, you know how you like you, you used to think you were really hideous looking and you go back and you look at pictures now from that long ago and you go, I was actually, I was actually okay looking. I wasn't hideous at all. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel when I go look at pictures from New Orleans, 1987. I'm like, look at me. There I am in front of a streetcar named Desire. Oh, so you have uh, that thing that you feel that you looked better when you were 20, 30 years younger? No, it's not that thing in particular. It's that it's it's a different thing. It's slightly different. It's that thing where you thought you were hideous and it turns yeah. out you weren't hideous. When you go yeah. and look. It doesn't mean you looked better then than you look now. You know? Yeah. And by the way, I knew Keith Hartel from when he was like 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 just just hair on a like a toothpick essentially and <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. now to see him in his uh, grizzly adams phase is really quite the transformation to witness and i don't think one of those things is better than the other i find them both wonderful myself and i i i'm trying to be trying to like myself more because you and i were both spending a lot of times indoors passing mirrors and we have to at some point just be accepting of this fucking mess that's passing in front of the mirror. Or or else what? Suffer continuously, Keith Hartel? That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, though, is that, I mean, in, in my case, uh, I when I was very young, uh, I thought I was beautiful. And uh, I find now that I'm hideous. And I think that that's on track for how aging happened. So that, that's the thing pretty, is, yeah. I, I used to love myself in the mirror when I was a kid. And uh, now, I mean, I'm fine with it. And I'm kind of, you know, leaning into the aging. Like, I think it's sad when you see, like, dudes that used to be cute try to stay cute when they're, like, getting old, like, yeah. you know, locker dudes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to do that. But, um, no, but I, I kind of have a different thing where it's just like, no, I was young and pretty and now I'm old and ugly. And that's the way it's supposed to be. For I know. But then you have to return to the fact that, like I was saying at the start of the show, you know, you're born... Um, you're born male. You're born white in the United States. Yeah. Uh, you're born straight, and so you carry with you all these advantages that, as a child, I I was not aware. I was not cognizant of. I wasn't aware that my path through life is a lot easier than other people's, and maybe I should do less bitching about it, and maybe I should be more grateful, and maybe I should try to help out a bit more if I can. But now, I mean. I, the way to, that you see your white friends react on Facebook to something like the murder of uh, George Floyd, I, do you have any reflections on that, Keith Artell? Because I keep thinking, like, white liberals, look at how they oh. react. Oh. And, and look at how I react as a white liberal. I mean, is it all just lip service in, in some way? I mean, I'm sending yes. money to organizations that I want to support. Is it good enough, Keith Artell? To send money to organizations I want to support, or am I 
Just a shitty, just another shitty white liberal. Please be well, honest. Uh, uh, no, I mean, it's it, it's really weird because, I mean, when you're talking about the advantages of being, you know, the, 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 the white straight man that rules the earth, yeah, but at the same time, you know what, I was thinking about watching specifically the video of how, of how um, George Floyd was murdered. And, and I had a whole thing because I remembered as a kid, and as a lot of kids do, and I was, you know, I was a punk rocker, I had a mohawk, hated cops, swaggered around with the attitude. And the thing is, you know, then you have a hostile relationship with cops. Like, you, they're predatory, they're, 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 they're intimidating you intentionally all the time. Um, I yeah. did have one episode where I was just genuinely scared for my physical well-being with a cop for no reason one time when I was young. And... And then as I got older, I start thinking like, you know, that attitude I had about cops, like I don't particularly love them, but, you know, that I started to like relax. And I hadn't realized that now that I'm like a 50 year old white man, I am fucking invisible to cops and me and cops have no relationship. And I thought I was kind of like, I still thought it was, you know, always horrible with the racist cops that kill people. But at the same time, you know, so I've met, I've known some ones that, you know, that were cool. I've had some good interactions with them as a civilian, you know, and I felt like it was me maturing that I wasn't judging as much or, you know, kind of not as angry. And then when I watched that video, it just hit me. It's like, no, I just aged into this category that had, that the cops love. Why like, do you, you think know, that is? It's because that's, I mean, well, why is that? Old white, old white? Well, because it's it old, old white man, that's cops favorite kind of person. Because we're harmless. We're the most harmless people, and we're like them. I mean, well, old white ladies, white people, like old white people, they, they, they we're the most, by, according to cops, like benevolent or harmless people imaginable. Oh, man. Wow. I feel like I'm letting somebody down somehow. I, I, yeah. I, I, uh, what should I do differently then? Hmm. I think, well, um, you should probably um, start a fire. Huh. Let me see. I got lots of lighters. Man, I have so many aerial view lighters. I could leave them behind at the scene. Oh, that would be a bad idea, probably. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I ask this question about like you know shitty white liberals because I often feel like one, and that uh, maybe I should be going to one of these riots. But then I remember, oh, there's a there's a pandemic, and, I, and you know, and I could catch something at the riot, and I could die. So no, I'll promise you what, something. Yes. If you're concerned that you might be a shitty white liberal, you're not. Yeah. Because they're out there. Like, um, here, here's a great example. This is the perfect example. Is like, okay, because what set what set the tone for this? That episode with like that uh, Amy Cooper, the woman in Central Park. Yes. African American. Yes. All right. So Van Jones uh, today, I think, in an interview because it's going around, he comes out and he goes like, you know, we our thing we have to worry about is not the white racist with the Ku Klux Klan hood. We have to worry about the Hillary Clinton voter in walking her dog in Central Park that the second that someone black that she doesn't like is not having a good interaction with, it's like she will like racialize that incident as if she was trained by the fucking you know white nationalists or the white you know, whatever you want to yeah, call them. Yeah, well, white they've Howard dubbed them Karens, right? So Karen, I, yes. it made me think of my father's third wife, Karen. She spelled it with a Y, but yeah. Karen was like that. Karen, I, you know, my father had this uh, antique store up in uh, Stockbridge, Massachusetts. You know, yeah, um, and it it, uh, it was called uh, Memories because he didn't have much of an imagination, unfortunately, my old man, but. I, you know, I just remember Karen eyeing people as they came through the door of the store. And she would literally, like, if they were people of color, follow them around the store. Yeah. <laughs> she would do yeah. that thing that oh, you yeah, hear yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah. And well, that's, um, that's and normal. I, that's, I mean, that is normal. It's not good. It's normal. For Karen? It is, yes. No, absolutely. For, for a store, no. For that's Well, that's one of those, like, privileges. Like, when you first, when that concept of privilege started being, like, a talking point, 
the first privilege I remember hearing about was that you can walk around a store and they don't fucking follow you around. I should correct myself and say it was Great Barrington, Massachusetts. I just remembered Stockbridge was like a town north or some shit. That's where the Norman Rockwell Museum was, you know, in the in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. Oh, beautiful my, Berkshires. My father lived yeah. in Sheffield and he had the store in Great Barrington. Apparently the first town in the United States to be to have electric light run through it. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I just know that's what it says on the internet. And I and and so what? But it was like one of those old Massachusetts towns. It was cute as hell. And it had shops and stores and restaurants. And you could wander around and make a day of it. And my dad had this very large shop right there on the main drag. And, uh, and, and his third wife, Karen, I don't understand... They went into retail and they hated people. It was the most interesting thing I've ever seen in my life. Like they, they, they were not social types. They didn't like people. And and I, I just remember thinking, you are the perfect two people who shouldn't have gone into retail, and they did. And so we find ourselves, Keith Hartel, in this interesting moment in America. When I feel like I'm stuck in my dad's store and we're just following everybody around the store and just just dealing like I'm dealing forever with the past, with memories. And 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 somehow I feel like, how do we get to the next phase? You know, the America that we would like to see if we're, I don't know, at all progressive, the one that's more just, more fair, more equal, more tolerant. All of these things that you feel it could be with just enough involvement. But we're held back, Keith Hartel, by this 30 to 40 percent of Americans who are as stupid, as thick as shit in the neck of a bottle. And it wouldn't matter if they found video of the president screwing his own daughter. They would find a way to make it okay. If they could, if he could still deliver the election somehow, I mean, if they could figure out a way to remain in power, anything, literally anything would be okay. That's the part that when I sit back and I think I'd like to talk to Keith about this. I mean, it really is like anything to withhold power. And is it really power for the sake of power, Keith Hartel? Do they just like being in power? Is that it? Or is the power to enrich themselves or would you say it's like some from column A and some from column B? Um, I would say there's a potential that something starts in column A, which is if column A is the idealist column. But um, basically, it's like, you know, if there's two things you could just say. It's just like follow, follow the money and then look what we get. And that's what tells you about the people that go into politics. And when you're talking about those 30% that's holding us back, that's the low ball of all time because you're talking, you know, if you're talking about like the inanity of, of, of having Trump be the president and trying to keep him president, look what they put up against him. They put up against him. A guy is like, if you say one thing you don't like about Trump, I will give you a Biden version of that every single time. So it's like it. And, and that that was what we think is the best thing to put against Trump. So and that's the Democratic Party. And that is the way that you're describing just hanging on to power. Any means necessary. Although I really believe that the reason why they made but sure I, I, that I, I, I got to I, I got to call you yeah. out on one thing, because you keep saying yeah. we the best we could come up with. Wasn't it the voters, the people that that eventually or do you feel like somehow there was yet again a thumb on the scale? Because I could see it in 2016. I could see the thumb on the scale. Do you think there was yet again a thumb on the scale this time? Bigger, around? Bigger thumb, bigger thumb, bigger, even thumb. bigger, the thumb bigger more maybe the biggest thumb of all time but well let, let's just look at what happened because the first thing was ah. anyone that i can't see any way if you followed what happened in the iowa caucus like so the first thing that happened was the poll the des moines register gold standard poll they had to pulled because bernie was performing so well in the poll that the pete Buttigieg campaign pulled some shit where they didn't put the poll out for the first time ever and then you remember there was a shit show. There was a goofy app that was designed by the Buddha Judge campaign. I and do it took remember five that. days for the results to come in. Oh my and they God. had a weird way of counting stuff that makes it that even though Bernie got the popular vote by a little, Pete won the Electoral College. Electoral College has never, in my memory, ever been used in decide like I've never heard that word deciding who won a primary. And then things came out that 
the various precincts were saying, like, these numbers don't match what I saw reported. And then they even right. announced that even if numbers were wrong, we'd make no correction. So first of all, they definitely rigged Iowa just to make sure Bernie didn't dominate. And that did, I would say that the momentum that led to where Pete performed really well in uh, New Hampshire, I think that was legit. And then Nevada obviously was legit. Um, then the shit with South Carolina. All right. Well, there's the Clyburn thing. And then I know, I'm willing to go with Biden won by that much. I, I won't go into too much being suspicious of the actual vote counts. But there is the thing that all the primaries, the margin of error of um, voter, the margin of error between uh, exit polls and the vote was larger than 10%. They were like, wherein if we were looking at another country, we would intervene. That's how fucked up that discrepancy was. Yes, you have a case, man. You have you have really figured out a case on this thing. But I, no, but this, I realize, the, one, but, so yeah, the, the biggest, the, the master stroke. Okay. The ma but, there's two more but, master strokes. But, there's two but, more. But you can't fix backwards. So you're, you've always struck me as a pragmatist. What do we do now? I mean, yes. What if I agree with you that that took place? Now what do we do? You can't fix backwards. So now what do we do? Well, here, here's... This is my thing. This is this is um, this is you, know, you black pilled man. I'm black pilled. It's like it's it's like the, the 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 really the honestly you just there's a certain amount of uh, the best thing you could do is just hope that AOC can run in 2024 and she's a rock star and that the generation the millennial generation when they get into power um, have grown up. With they like socialism, like the future. That's I mean, the only thing you could do is hope that the younger generation that overwhelmingly is more left, more for Sanders, more for socialist policies, when they rise up, that things change. That that's the best possible thing yeah, I can uh, think yeah. help. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, I that's that would be fantastic. I feel like uh, personally, when I look at what's going on around the world, I think that there is this system of indoctrination. And, and the GOP is good at indoctrination. They're also good at uh, doing whatever they have to do to hang on to power. You know? and, that, and by that, I mean cheating. Now, yeah. you could say, of course, Democrats have cheated throughout the years, and you'd be correct. Uh, Republicans raise the two in art. You know? like they, they look at cheating as, as an essential part of their election strategy, and they will cheat in multiple ways at once. And by cheating, I mean cheat. You know, they actually just yeah. forgo the rules because no, no, they I feel agree. like the no, rules are for right. losers, you know, and so they won't have to follow them, right? I Here's the thing. is is I uh, This is a saying I did not come up with, and I believe it. I think that this is what we saw play out because I believe the Democrats cheated against Bernie in both 2016 and 2020 as much as the Republicans cheat in general. And I've heard this. I believe it. Everything to me points to that this is true. The Democratic Party exists to thwart the left and occasionally win an election as kind of a side effect. But because no this time, Biden won because, you know, Mayor Pete placed top three in the first three contests. In the history of, of taking of primaries, voter primaries, no one ever has dropped out before Super Tuesday when they placed top three in the first three primaries. Unfucking precedented. And Klobuchar at the same time. So they made it. They got this momentum for Biden. I believe that a lot of it was a momentum that kind of draws people to it. I believe there might have been some hanky-panky. But it's just like, no, they wanted to shut down Bernie more than they wanted to win the election. Because Bernie, I think, would have clearly had a better chance to beat Trump than Biden would. And Biden might still e easily, perfectly might win. I just, uh, right. I, I, we, we're it's almost out of road. I, 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 we're almost out of road. Keith Hartel, yeah. I thank you for being here with me again. Find him through the Guitar Bar online. Facebook, Keith Hartel. Um, I, I just, I feel like, um, I wanted to do a Weller check with you. You know, like a Paul Weller check, if you will. And yeah. just see what you thought of Paul Weller uh, before we run out of road entirely. Because I... I I, I, I agree with everything you said, but I, I my point, I was going to say, what if the pandemic had been six months earlier, or a year earlier? I think it might have swung things the other way. People might have said, hey, Bernie, it's all about Bernie, but they would have stopped it. No, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm just this. This is just my bleak, bleak you know, outlook? attitude yeah. is because you go back to that thing you were saying about why did they get into it for power? 
Bernie is a guy, and there's other, you know, like whatever the younger, like the thirty squad, seconds, they, thirty they, seconds. All right. Um, yeah, no, they they would have stopped him then too. They yeah. would have because they don't want they don't give a fuck. They 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 are Republicans. The Republicans that love abortions and gay people. That's there all they go. are. That's all. They all right. Are. Thanks again, Keith Hartel, and don't forget. Oh, it makes that noise too. Jesus, don't forget on Sunday. Hey, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, Tammy Faye Starlight as Stella. Streetcar Name Desire, stage reading.